a father went to say goodnight to his son, as it was routine since he knew his son would have trouble sleeping if he didn't. It was a sort of silent tradition between them, and one he never forgot to attend. The room was dimly lit by the lamp, but the father could clearly see there was something unusual about his son tonight. He looked the same, just with a huge grin that drew from ear to ear. You okay, bud? He asked. The son nodded, still grinning, before saying, Daddy, check for monsters under my bed. The father chuckled and got to his knees to take a look. There, under the bed, was his son. His real son, pale, trembling and scared to death. He whispered, Daddy, there's someone on my bed. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dark History Podcast, where we explore the darkest parts of human history. Hope everybody is well, I'm Rob, your host as always. Welcome to the new episode. Again, I hope you enjoyed our short little ghost story to start. This is the third instalment of our spooky season special. Today we'll divert again into the realm of the supernatural, and look at some of the most haunted places in the world and the dark and gruesome history behind, the folklore and legends surrounding these places. Some of my dear listeners may not like these as much as our normal episodes, but in the spirit of the season I thought it could be a little change. I assure you our normal service will resume after a Halloween special. So without further ado, please turn off those lights, sit back and relax under the blanket for more dark history. Our first destination on this bone-chilling journey is the vast and diverse country of India. Within the country of India, nestled amid the green hills of Aravalli, stands the magnificent fort of Bahangar, located on the border of the Sariska Tiger Reserve in the Alwar district of Rajasthan. Bahangar Fort is a 17th century fort infamous all over India for being the most haunted place. The fort was constructed in the 17th century by Raja Madho Singh, the younger brother of the great Mughal general, Man Singh of Amba. Besides the royal palace, Bahangar had over 9,000 houses until the 1720s, after which it gradually diminished in population. The Bahangar fort along with the whole township was protected by the three successive fortifications and five massive gates. The fort houses remnants of grand havelis, temples and deserted marketplaces within its premises, indicating the fort's prosperity in its heyday. The numerous ghostly experiences and happenings in the fort's premises have caused villages to spring up far away from the fort due to the fear of what lies within. Even the Archaeological Survey of India 
or the ASI have forbidden the locals and tourists from entering the fort at night. This completely ruined, haunted fort of Bahanga does have a very eerie and negative aura to it. Several legends have been attested to the paranormal happenings inside the fort. The first legend is that of a sadhu named Baba Balu Nain. Long before the king, Madhu Singh, decided to construct a fort in Bahanga, the area was a meditating spot for Baba Balu Nain. The sadhu gave his permission for the construction of the fort, on the condition that the fort, or any buildings within, shouldn't be taller than his house, and if the shadow on the structure fell upon his house, it would result in the annihilation of the fort town. Ajab Singh, the grandson of Mado Singh, is said to have ignored this warning and greatly raised the height of the fort. The resulting shadows falling on the sadhu's home, leading to the destruction of the town. The other legend associated with the fort is that of Princess Ratanavati, who was very beautiful and had a number of suitors from the royal families of the country. A wizard, adept in black magic, fell in love with the princess. As the princess went shopping with her friends one day, the wizard saw her buying guitar, or perfume, and replaced the guitar with a love potion. The princess, however, came to know of the wizard's trickery and threw the potion on a nearby boulder. This resulted in the boulder rolling towards the wizard, crushing him to death. But before being crushed to death, he cursed the city, stating that it would be destroyed soon and none would be able to live within its precincts. The kingdom was later sacked by the invading Mughal forces, killed all the inhabitants of the fort, along with Princess Ratnavati. Many people believe that the town is haunted by the spirits of those who died during the town's downfall. There have been reports of strange noises, apparitions and other paranormal activity in and around the town. Some 4,286 miles away from the Bahangar Fort sits the impressive structure of Edinburgh Castle. Edinburgh Castle looms over Scotland's capital city. Its outer walls seemingly merge into the sheer cliff faces, which had made the castle almost impregnable for over a thousand years. Built on a plug of volcanic rock, Edinburgh is one of the oldest fortifications in Europe. It has withstood wars and outbreaks of plague. Indeed, no other building in Britain can claim to have been besieged as many times as Edinburgh Castle. It has been a royal residence, a barracks, a prison and a home to the most powerful symbols of Scotland's sovereignty. Suicide. Murders and deaths are all associated with the castle. Even witches have been burnt beneath its shadow. Yet it seems that neither rock nor wall can restrain these restless spirits which walk within its halls. 
Castle Rock has been the site of human activity for at least 3,000 years. Fierce Iron Age warriors defended the hill fort at Din Edin, as it was known in the old Brythonic tongue. The poem, Yigod Odin, recounts how, around 600 CA, a force of 300 hand-chosen warriors were assembled, some as far afield as Pickland and Gwynedd, to fight against the Angles of Northumbria. After a year of feasting at Dunedin, they rode out and attacked Cat Wraith, which is thought to have been Catterick, North Yorkshire. With half the force of their foes, nearly all the warriors were killed. Things would never be the same for the Gododin tribe. In 638 CE, the Angles continued with their invasion and besieged Dunedin Castle. Soon, the Gododin were defeated and Dunedin was given its anglicised name of Edinburgh. Further on in time, the castle had suffered many sieges. During the War of Independence, it changed hands many times. In 1314, the Scots retook the castle from the English in a daring night raid led by Thomas Randolph, the nephew of Robert the Bruce. It saw more death and despair in the siege to free James III in 1482 and the Lang Siege, which took place between 1571 and 1573. There are many tales of ghosts and ghouls housed within the ancient walls of Edinburgh Castle. One tale of folklore is of the lone Piper Boy. As legend has it, there was an underground tunnel into the castle that was discovered in the depths of the fortress. A regimental Piper Boy was sent down into the tunnel, playing his pipes as he went. His comrades heard the instrument for some time, until it stopped. They went down to try and find him, but he was nowhere to be found. Now, as the tunnels have been reopened, it's said you can hear the faint sounds of this poor lost boy's pipes echoing through the tunnels, as he is doomed to wonder for eternity, playing his tunes. Other ghostly stories from the castle sees the spectre of an alleged witch haunt its corridors and rooms. It is said to roam the halls of the castle in a mournful fashion. The Grey Lady is thought by some to be Janet Douglas, otherwise known as Lady Galmith. She was accused and found guilty of witchcraft, then burned at the stake by King James V on the 17th of July 1537. Others claim the Grey Lady could be Marie de Guide, the Catholic mother and regent of Mary Queen of Scots. She found herself on the losing side of the Scottish Reformation and died of dropsy on the 11th of June 1560. Her guard was kept at Edinburgh Castle for months and supposedly she walks the halls to this day. Other legends of spirits include a black dog who trots around the castle ground, possibly the ghost of one of the pets laying in the pet cemetery. Also, a headless drummer boy, first seen in 1650, who is seen as a sign of danger, because in 1650, 
He was seen just before Oliver Cromwell laid siege to the castle. And lastly, a leather aproned man. Not much is known about this man's history, and he's seen quite infrequently. His last appearance was in 2001. Moving on from Edinburgh Castle, across the pond to the US, and a plethora of haunted locations. But one place stands out from the rest, and that is Savannah, Georgia. Savannah is a city with a rich and storied history. It was founded in 1733 by General James Oglethorpe, making it one of the earliest established cities in the United States. The city was established as the first capital of the province of Georgia, serving as a buffer between Spanish Florida and the British colonies. A strategic port city in the American Revolution, it was captured by the British in 1778. The city saw a failed attempt to retake it in 1779 by a combined force of French and American soldiers. During the American Civil War, it was captured by Union soldiers in 1864, where it was offered to Abraham Lincoln by General William T. Sherman as a Christmas present. Savannah today is an industrial centre and an important Atlantic seaport. But as you wander the antebellum-laden streets of this historic city, you will find some of America's most haunted places. The Sorrel Weed House is a historic landmark and Savannah Museum located at 6 West Harris Street. Designed by the famous Georgia architect Charles Klusky, the building's claim to fame is its size, architecture and of course, the haunting. The house was the residence of the Sorrel family. Francis Sorrel was a wealthy plantation owner though his life was marred with tragedy and scandal. The Sorrells were among Savannah's most influential families. Francis Sorrell was a West Indian plantation owner who became one of Savannah's wealthiest men. Francis was born in St. Domingo, now known today as Haiti. A slave revolt forced his family to flee, and the young Francis was saved by slaves who refused to take the life of a young boy. He made a living working the docks in Port-au-Prince and was eventually transferred by his company to the United States. Despite being saved by slaves, he himself eventually became a slave trader. Francis and his associates opened up a shipping company in Savannah where they shipped salt, butter, molasses, cotton and African slaves. The company grew exponentially, making Sorrell a wealthy man. Francis Sorrell married Lucinda Moxley soon after arriving in the United States. Lucinda was from a wealthy family who did business with Francis. But unfortunately, Lucinda died just a few years after they married. So Francis, the classy man that he is, then married Lucinda's younger sister, Matilda. The two had a happy marriage, but Francis was known for his vices. 
he began having an affair with one of his slaves named Molly. Francis even gave Molly her own room, just so he could have his affair in private. But it wasn't enough. Matilda found out about Molly. Distraught and enraged, Matilda committed suicide by jumping off the second floor balcony. She landed, head first, cracking her skull open on the floor of the concrete courtyard. Molly was struck by guilt. Being a slave, she would be held liable for both the affair and the subsequent death. Molly was found hanging by a noose in an apparent suicide. Adding to the terrible history of the Sorrel Weed House is the story of Madison Square. You see, the Sorrel Weed House sits on Madison Square. The area was the site of a vicious battle during the American Revolutionary War, known as the Siege of Savannah. Joint American and French forces attempted to push the British out of Savannah, who had taken the city a year earlier. The Revolutionary Army was both outnumbered and outgunned. Bodies piled up fast. The Revolutionaries dug a trench at Madison Square to bury their dead. Hundreds of soldiers died in a span of a few weeks. In the heat of the battle, the dead and the injured couldn't be differentiated. Sick and injured soldiers were thrown into the pit with the dead and were often buried alive. After the battle, the bodies were never exhumed. The city continued to expand around the old battlefield. Madison Square and the surrounding areas were built in the 1830s, 50 years after the war. Many of the buildings, including the Sorrel Weed House, are built over the remains of dead soldiers. The ghosts of Molly and Matilda still haunt the Sorrel and Weed House. Visitors have seen dark silhouettes walking through the halls. Some have captured photos of their spirits. The ghost of Molly is said to haunt the slave quarters. Some have also claimed to hear the sounds of social gatherings in the living room of the house. The sounds suddenly start when someone approaches. The source of the sounds have yet to be found, though it's believed that the phantom gathering is a residual from one of the many socials hosted by the building's wealthy occupants. Some say they feel a dark psychic energy upon entering the house. The dark energy is said to stem from the bodies buried at the siege of Savannah, as a similar aura hangs over Madison Square as well. The dark feeling is often accompanied by the sounds of warfare, which can be heard during especially quiet nights. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this dark episode. Of course, some of my dear listeners will scoff at the idea of ghosts, ghouls and haunted houses, and I can fully understand. You only have to look at YouTube or TikTok to see some of the clearly fake ghost stories, said with inverted commas, 
that are made and uploaded for views and likes. But sometimes you can walk into a place and you can just feel the energy change. I myself have visited Edinburgh Castle and various other historical places in Edinburgh and you can sort of feel the atmosphere in a certain area where death and despair has occurred. Another place in Edinburgh that has this feeling is Murray King's Close. Murray King's Close housed numerous towering tenement buildings regarded by many as the world's first skyscrapers. These lodgings served as a home to all manner of social classes. Due to the exceedingly unsanitary living conditions common to the era, also these became home to an influx of flea-infested rodents. Edinburgh became overrun with bubonic plague. With the worst hitting in 1645, an incalculable number of black rats riddled with fleas caused countless brutal human deaths. And in an attempt to stem the spread of this ravaging disease, city officials quarantined Murray King's clothes. And although the victims of the plague were cared for, many died in their homes. The stories of the Bahanga fought are strange, but they are firmly rooted in folklore in my opinion. But then again, there could be something in it. As it's closed at night for the reasons of the hauntings. Why would you do that? It's strange for an actual governmental organisation to come out and actually admit that yes, this is haunted. Please don't go in at night. I think in Western society we see the idea of witches or wizards as just folklore. But in places around the world, they are very real and have the power to curse areas or places. Well, I firmly sat on the fence on that one. Moving on, Savannah is one of the many historical places I would love to visit in the US. And quite honestly, I could have recorded a complete episode just on Savannah. I chose the Sorrel Weed House because there was historical stories behind it. Some of the others, like the Marshall House or Bonaventura Cemetery, didn't really have any stories attached to them. It was just about the actual hauntings. Of course, the Bonaventura Cemetery has the story of the ghost of Little Grace Watson, but I couldn't find much substance to it, if you catch my drift. Anyway, I know I ask every week, but please drop us a review on the show. It really does help the podcast out. The more reviews, the more the algorithm pushes the show out. If you think friends and family may be interested in the podcast, then share it with them. Links to all socials are below. Same again, I tell people about this every episode, but the link to the show's Patreon is below. Also, this is a place for people who want to support the channel, but you don't have to. This is where you can find our This Week in History podcast. You can request Dark History episodes, chat with myself or others in the community, get ad-free episodes and have early access. If you subscribe to the £5 tier, which I think is around $7, you will get a couple of stories from your hometown incorporated into a patron-only episode called Hometown Horrors. Anyway, 
As always, if you've been listening for a while and not subscribed, please do it, and that way you never miss an episode. So with all that out of the way, thank you again for listening. Join us next time for our next episode as we delve into another event and more dark history. <laughs>